Lord, come down, Holy Spirit. May we hear your voice clearly through the proclamation of your word this morning. May your words be mine. May our thoughts be yours. May you bend our wills and set our hearts on fire because it's your word which we look to. Not our own, not our cultures, but yours and yours alone so that you be glorified in us as your people. For in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. I'm sure at some time or another in your life you've heard it said or you've said it yourself, God bless you. Or, I'm so blessed. Or, God bless America. Or as my grandmother would say to me as a little boy, you know, uh, bless your heart, sugar. Mm. Uh, That translates from Southern, you're not very good at this, Gene, you know. Um, But in English, that's what the word means. It's, it's It's a status, it's material, it's prosperity, it's good health, right? And... That's part of it, yes, but is that all when you read this story about this drama and Esau getting so upset that Jacob has stolen the blessing, he's pilfered the blessing? Well, we're going to dig into that this morning, and we're going to see that our English word can't hold the weight of the biblical meaning of blessing so that we can understand who, how blessed we are in Jesus Christ. So I invite you to turn with me in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 27. You'll also find it in the back of your bulletin. Picking up where we left off last year, it was last summer, we walked through Isaac and Rebekah, and we finished halfway through this last year to be continued this year. You might remember... Isaac and Rebekah were married at a storybook wedding. It was a wonderful story about biblical marriage, but they have hardly raised their children in a biblical way. Because, as you know, Esau was born first. They were twins. Then Jacob came out grabbing Esau's heel. So they named him Jacob, which means wrestling, wrestler, grabber, deceiver, right? And Esau meaning hairy, because he's this hairy kid coming out of the womb. And Esau is that kid who watches, reads Field and Stream and watches the Outdoor Network. And his favorite show is Ted Nugent Hunting. All right? Where Jacob is more of a Food Network guy. He likes Michael Simon and the Iron Chef. And he's really into it. And he's really good at it. And so we got where we left off last year was Rebecca is got Jacob as her favorite, and Esau has been Isaac's favorite. Now, God promised that Jacob would be the one to rule over Esau, and Isaac and Rebecca know this, but they're trying to manipulate their favorites to get in jockeying for position. So they're not doing it God's way. 
And so Rebecca has said, I want you to dress up and wear hairy skin and clothes like your brother and go receive the blessing from your father. And he says, no, mom, he's going to know it's me because I'm a smooth man's skin. No, we're going to dress you up. He won't be able to tell. He's blind as a bat. All right. He's old. He's not going to know. And she says, well, what if I get caught? She's, Rebecca says, may the cursing fall upon me, not you. She doesn't know what she's saying. But we figure out later what, she, what happens here. So that's where we were. And what we learn in this passage is this passage is all about blessing in the biblical sense. And we learn what blessing is. We learn why we need it. And three, how do we get it? Real blessing. Not just the blessing of English language, but the blessing of God's people and God's language. Well, first of all, what is it? Well, in the Bible, if you look throughout the scriptures, that word blessing, yes, it is true. It, it's for good health. It's thanks for our materials and the things the way God has blessed us, but it's so much more. It's also a praise, a bestowing favor upon another. It's also when a person is blessed, they bend the knee to another. When a person is granted prosperity and well-being, they bless the other. We know that God blesses the Sabbath day. Um, and to receive a blessing is to receive words that are spoken as a gift given with powers that emanate from it. Okay? So that's what they're looking for here, is that this is going to be the patriarchal blessing upon the firstborn. And we hear all that, and we Americans go, <laughs> you know, if it was me, I'd call Jacob back in and say, I take it back, you scheming scumbag son of mine. What are you doing? You can't do this. I take it back. All those things that I said, they're not true. Not true for you. They're true for Esau. Why didn't he just do that? Well, it's clear when you read the text is they believe and they know that you can't take it back. Because it's more than just words. There's a spiritual content to this blessing. And so... You know, we think, well, these are just ancient, unrefined, silly people. They don't know any better. But what the Bible wants to teach us, even 21st century American Christians, is that words matter. And we know that's true. Talk to any teacher. Teachers know their words matter to the students they teach. All right? You heard that phrase, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. You know that's not true, right? Tim Keller says, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words can make or break my very soul. <sighs> Don't you know that offhanded comments made to you years and years ago, words of affirmation or blessing, or words of condemnation and criticism and cursing, have moved into your life and they're still there, aren't they? We got people at Christ Church who don't sing. 
because their first grade music teacher told them, you're awful, here, you play the drums and don't sing because you can't. So I come along and I say, God says make a joyful noise whether it's good or not. So sing. All right. I told the 930 congregation because Bob Ward comes. Bob Ward's the only person in our congregation of 190 people who has my permission to not sing because his throat, he, he got hurt, some injury as a young man. He physically can't sing. If he tries to sing, nothing comes out. That's why he sounds like he's a smoker and he's not. All right, everybody else, sing. Don't listen to that teacher. But words matter, don't they? They really do. And blessing in the Bible is this authoritative, climactic event of the patriarch's life to bless the firstborn son to carry on the family legacy. And a blessing has two aspects to it. First aspect it has is an accurate spiritual discernment of who this person is, how they're wired, how they're gifted, what they're becoming, who they are, and who God is making them. It's that spiritual discernment of who this person really is. And secondly, it's a call. It's an affirmation an empowerment, an exhortation to them to be who God has called them to be. It's a beautiful expression given once. And when you've been blessed like this, you never forget it. And Esau was so looking forward to it. Now remember, Esau traded away his birthright, right? And you notice at the end of the story, he goes, he stole my birthright. He didn't steal your birthright. You gave it to him, dude. All right? So Esau is at fault here in many ways. But this is all Jacob scheming. And what Isaac realized, what he was doing had a power of its own. It wasn't just well-wishing. He's affirming Jacob, making him somebody, helping him to become the person God has created him to be. And we all need it. We all need this kind of blessing. And until we get it, we're just going to wrestle for it. So the struggle for blessing is the theme that we're going to see over this next five weeks. Right? We're going to see Jacob strive for blessing. That's the first point. That's what it is. Well, why do we all want it? Well, Simply put, we all want it because we can't give it to ourselves. It has to be given to us from someone else. Somebody blesses us in these ways as they affirm us in who we are, as we're encouraged in who we are, exhorted, and we're made to feel like our life counts. That I do have a purpose. I do have a destiny and a reality to live into. And we see this throughout the scriptures, but we know it's true in our lives as well. So blind Isaac blesses who he thinks is Esau. And it's at that moment, that moment, for Jacob, who's never heard such talk from his father like this, he receives, finally, as a grown man, the radiant 
loving, joyful look of his dad blessing him in this way. And he got the words from his lips that he finally wanted to hear. He heard it from his mom, but he never heard it from his dad. And likewise, Esau never heard it from his mom, but he heard it from his dad. And it's at that moment he got it. My question to you is, do you think it helped Jacob? Do you think it transformed Jacob? What do you think? What we're going to see over the next five weeks is this blessing laying dormant in Jacob's life for years and years and years. It didn't change him because Jacob knew who Isaac was intending to bless. And you know what? We do the same thing too. We all, at times throughout our lives, dress up like somebody else. (laughs) We try to put a lot of time into our appearances, whether physically or just persona. We be somebody else for acceptance. A whole lot of time, and we discover after a while, that's not really who I am at all. Some of you are living into what your parents want you to be, and if you don't do that, they'll be disappointed in you, so you have to be that person. And you're 80 years old. Some of you are just rebelling against that and going exact opposite direction and what your parents were calling you to was a good thing. Okay? Some of our young people are experimenting with the cultural's narrative over gender roles rather than who God's called them to be and designed them to be. And we have all kinds of people living into our culture's view of consumerism. If you don't like it, just throw it away and go get another one. They do that with relationships, careers. They do that as individuals, that who I am as an individual matters ultimately, and what I, how I treat others doesn't matter. Or materially. God's word is saying to us, Stop. I created you. I loved you with the everlasting love, Jeremiah 31.3, and underneath are the everlasting arms, Deuteronomy 27. And we know that ultimately because of the cross of Jesus Christ, ladies and gentlemen. Walk in God's design for you. Not our cultures, because our culture's narratives are false glories, slavery, and will always let you down. That's what happens when we try to dress up like somebody else. And we're going to see Jacob walk in that reality for the next five weeks, quite frankly. So what God is telling us is, listen, God has spoken through a book. And he has ordained this book to be understood, loved, obeyed, and transforming in our lives through human beings who teach and preach the Bible. Okay? It has a meaning. And this meaning has to be understood. 
by our minds. And he's ordained some people known as pastors and teachers to devote large amounts of their time praying over it, studying it, digging for that meaning, like Luther, banging their head against it till they get it right so God's people know when they walk away from here, oh my goodness, God has spoken. Not Gene. Okay? It's exposing the glory of God in the text. That's why it's called expository preaching. It's not my opinion. It's his. And I'm going to work hard to get it right. So therefore, my friend, God has spoken. It's meant to be understood. It's meant to be obeyed. It's meant to be loved. And it's transforming in our lives. Wouldn't it have been so much better if Isaac and Rebekah had trust, trusted God's word and said, I don't know how this younger is going to rule over the older. I don't know how that's going to work out, boys, but we're just going to trust the Lord to work that out. But they didn't. And because of that, we have really, quite frankly, a very dysfunctional family. And I think the message for us is, we all want it, but every word of God proves true, so let's trust him in it. So how do we really get it? You know, it's a very interesting thing when you look over the next five weeks, because I read all the passages this week, and I just said, oh, what a mess. There is never anywhere where we're going to see Jacob being a good guy hero. You don't hear songs sung about dare to be like Jacob. All right? You know, there is that dare to be like David nursery rhyme, at least. Don't do the adultery part of David, though. You know, that's not a good thing. But nowhere in this story... Is Jacob really a good guy? He's the strangest person in the whole scripture. He, he's the one he builds his nation on. He changes his name from Jacob to Israel. So what's the moral of the story? The moral of the story is not, if you have a great family, God will work in them. And if you have a bad family... You know, if you don't do the right things as a father and a mother, a husband and a wife, things will go wrong and God won't bless you. Well, that's not true. You know, God is coming along in this story and blessing the most screwed up member of the entire family. Because the moral of the story is God brings his scandalous, intervening grace to the lives of people who don't seek it, don't deserve it, continually resist it, and don't even appreciate it even after they've been saved by it over and over and over again. Therefore, for us to get the blessing that we truly want, we have to understand two things. Number one, we get this from Isaac, all right? The first thing we get from Isaac, get a grip on, is that if you're going to understand the power of blessing, it's going to come by sheer grace. That's first. And the second thing is, when Isaac says, indeed, to Esau, he shall be blessed, he's not only saying, God is going to do this, he's also saying, I'm going to accept it. I'm going to live with it. 
I'm going to receive this news as from God. He says, I'm not going to call him back in here and take it back, Esau. I'm not going to resist what God is doing. Derek Kidner says it this way. When Isaac says, indeed, Jacob shall be blessed, Isaac is expressing more than belief that the spoken word is self-fulfilling. He knows that he, Isaac, has been fighting against God, and he now accepts defeat. See, the way of the gospel is Jesus Christ dressed us up as we got, he got the curse that we deserved. So when you truly believe in him, God now accepts you as if you had done everything Jesus had done. And, it, and it's hard to believe. When we believe in that way, we are blessed as the firstborn of God. How is that possible? Bob read it in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 23. The author is talking about the city of God. That's the vision of heaven that he's receiving. And he says that it's the assembly of the firstborn. All those who have placed their trust in Christ are part of the assembly of the firstborn. Well, how can we all be firstborn in the family? I mean, if you have seven kids, you have one firstborn and then six others, right? That doesn't make sense, but not in the family of God. Because there's nothing impossible in the family of God. And what that is telling us is that the love you experience from the Father when you stand in the righteousness of Jesus Christ because you place your trust in Him, you hear God say to you, this is my beloved son, my beloved daughter, in whom I am well pleased. <laughs> I'm particularly fond of Sally. I'm particularly fond of John. Jesus says, you know, Father, in John 17, verse 24, those who believe in me, Father, love them even as you love me. Even as you love me. Love them, Father. Not sort of as you love me. Not kind of as you love me. Even as you love me, Father, love them. See, God makes us feel like we're the only person in the world. Because you're the firstborn. And when you have that blessing in you, when you know it, and you see him losing the firstborn blessing so that you can have the firstborn blessing? And you're dressed up like him because he's dressed up like you? You recognize that he's fulfilling Rebecca's claim. Because Rebecca said, my son, may the curse be upon me so you can get the blessing. And Jesus says, I'm going to take the curse on me so you can have the firstborn blessing. Now, practically speaking, what does this mean for us as we go back to work tomorrow? Romans 8, 16 and 17 says, The Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. See, you know you're a child of God, so your spirit is bearing witness. Well, how do you know you're a child of God? You believe the Word of God. You're trusting in it. Doesn't mean you don't have questions. Welcome to the human race. Of course you got questions. But you believe it. You trust in it. 
You're digging in it. I believe it. And Romans 8.16 says, Your spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And what that means is now, go get that firstborn experientially. That's what God is calling us to do today. Is to make sure we know that as we walk out of here. The Bible says that's available through the Holy Spirit through prayer. Because the Spirit pours out upon us as we are in the Word, in prayer, going to Him, knowing that He comes down upon us spiritually, intellectually, mentally, emotionally. And we all need that every now and then, don't we? And we can't manufacture it. We just take the disciplines and we go to the Lord. We're in the Word and we pray. And that's available to us to hear, in a sense, as we're reading, as we're meditating on the Word, as we're reflecting, as we're praying, as we're praising God, we can hear in our spirit, you are my beloved in Jesus Christ. With you, I am well pleased. I'm particularly fond of you. That's the first thing, practically speaking. So spend some time doing that. Pursue that. Secondly, only when you have that blessing can you go out and bless others. Because you know that we're called to do that, right? Bless and do not curse, the Bible says. Genesis 12, Abraham, you are blessed, so I can now send you out to be a blessing. You know, i got to confess, my first year as a teacher, my, my love language is words of affirmation, so I naturally tell people, my ball players, good job. Well done. Atta boy. Good job. Way to go. I was a little over the top with that. And I realized about three-quarters of the way into the year, I'm, 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 I'm doing this, but I'm not doing it for them. I'm doing it for me, so I just want them to like me. And that backfires as a teacher, by the way. Those of you who are in teaching will know that, okay? And I just heard a sermon from Pastor Jeff Thornley at Grace Brethren Church, and I recognized, oh, this is not good. So I had to change a little bit. Because I wasn't discerning them. I was using them, okay? So therefore, unless you're truly blessed, you can't forth and go, go forth and be a blessing. God blesses you, and then you move out into the lives of others. You discern who they are. You discern what God is doing in their lives and find thoughtful and eloquent ways to be a blessing in them and empower them to become all that God has created them to be. And if you've ever experienced someone blessing you in that way, you'll never forget it. So where do we start? Start with your own walk with the Lord. Run to Him. Have Him show who you are in Him as you trust in Him. And then you go out and you start in your own family. It's Father's Day. Bless your dads. Bless your husbands. And gentlemen, just in case you didn't know, every day is Mother's Day. <laughs> it is. Just, we're called to be servants. Make it Mother's Day for them. 
Kids, bless your parents. Parents, bless your kids. Bless your friends. Bless your relatives. Bless your neighbors where you live, work, and play. God's at work. Let's do it. You are my beloved son, my beloved daughter. With you I am well pleased, says the Lord to you. Now, go out there and be a blessing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you've called us to be the firstborn in you, Lord Jesus Christ. We're part of the assembly simply because we have trust in you. I pray you would make us people who bless because we've had that experience. We don't want to be like Jacob, dressing up like somebody else. We want to be blessed so we're able to let people know who we are. We don't have to put on a show, O oh Lord. We don't have to be afraid of letting them know and we can admit our faults. We can accept criticism. We can show who we truly are because we've been blessed by you, Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray, Heavenly Father, that you would give us that kind of power, that kind of love for you and love for others, and that kind of peace that surpasses all understanding. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.